and welcome to episode 42 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Tim along with Anthony as we get to go on here on the Sunday morning edition of uh, the podcast. As opportunity arise for both of us, our schedules have not matched up lately again. We apologize for not uh, getting to you last week, but we're back this week and hopefully we'll get more on a regular schedule on the weekends or something. Uh, coming forward, we're, we'll figure it out. Uh, we're still kind of touch and go each week, but we're going to get it done. I promise you that. A lot going on. I'll say this. Uh, not too often I like to take a victory lap, but if you <laughs> if you did listen to the last podcast and decided to to root for or place a, a few dollars down on, on Brooks Kepka, uh, you made some yep. money. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice call by you. Yeah. I don't get those very often, so here's my very little victory lap, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. I didn't get to see a lot of it, to be honest, but I did see some of it. It was just one of those weekends where, you know, obviously Father's Day's weekend and so much going on for everybody, so, you know, those things happen, but really a terrific uh, effort. Got one out of the cookie jar, in a sense. I got one right. Yeah. So, that- uh, what's going on with you, Anthony? Not too much at all. Just trying to keep busy, and uh, that was an incredible U.S. Open. I think uh, I think we all like to see golfers struggle, and that's why the U.S. Open is so enticing and intriguing. And I said last week that's why it's my favorite uh, major of the year to watch. I know uh, the Masters has its mystique and aura about it, but there's nothing like a U.S. Open challenging the guys and and almost breaking them. Now I will say probably it was probably a little too tough. And again, you. It, the weather can change in the northeast part of the country, and but it was a really good tournament. Uh, Kepka was just the moves he made on Friday and Saturday to get into contention, and then on Sunday to hold off Dustin Johnson, who we all thought was uh, going to win it. You know, there's some incredible golf played by, like we said, a couple guys who weren't really talked about at the beginning of the week, but later towards the end of the week, they played really well. Yeah, there's no question. I mean. The U.S. Open is always entertaining. Uh-huh. It's always, you know, has its own drama within it. Uh, the drama was the the golf course some of the times, and yeah, a little bad luck in a sense. They uh-huh. had real dry weather, and they set it up, and they had the winds in round three, and you had the the over dramatization of uh, Phil Mickelson's uh, yeah. double putt. Yes, was he wrong? Yes. Did it matter? Not no. really. It was never in contention. No. I mean, if you want to get down to the the brass knuckles of the rules. They applied a rule, they moved on. Yep. And then the media just would not let it go. And it was so oh, boring it after a while. I, I get it. I mean, I do understand, you know, there is that rule that they could disqualify them. They chose not to. It's like an umpire. Sometimes you get thrown yeah. out of the game, sometimes you don't. It's a judgment call. Sometimes he just lets you yep. sometimes he just lets you run your mouth no matter what. And the ump and the and the and the manager wants to get thrown out. And the, and the umpire just doesn't do it. It happens. And he goes back to the dugout shaking his head because he wants the motivation type tool and it didn't work. And 99% of the time they get thrown out there. So one time they don't. They decided to apply a certain rule, two-stroke penalty. And all right. If he was in contention, it would have been a bigger story. But he was not in contention. And that's, and to me, that was the difference. Do you want to throw out a big star and make him the focus of the last two rounds you know, of the uh, tournament who's not in contention or do you just want to penalize him and move on? And I think the USGA uh, did the right thing. Move on. Penalize, move on. 
it's over with no big deal i just i i, I think it was just over dramatization of uh of the coverage but that's fox i mean yeah, that's was, you know yeah yep and and we could get into fox coverage i mean there's a lot of different type of uh, angles they shown and a lot of people didn't like joe buck i mean i could care less about that but he wasn't uh, it was different yeah it was different watching it on fox versus uh, nbc and uh, and the others over the years you know nbc had it for many years and it was is definitely a, a different look at yes it golf. is but that mm-hmm. fox wants that's what fox does they try to innovate their coverage in all sports and for right or wrong that's what they chose to do they got the contract for next foreseeable future so we're going to see it on fox for a while fox is getting a lot of big name uh marquee products now the world cup the us open the nfl is always on there major league baseball has their playoffs on there so fox will be probably the leader in big time sports sporting event uh telecast in the next five ten years yeah, I mean, they all have their own niche, you want to mm-hmm. say. You look at ABC slash ESPN has the college football, mm-hmm. and that's that's locked in for 10 years type thing. They're in the yep. middle of that contract. Uh, as you mentioned, Fox Sports has theirs. NBC has the NHL, you know, NASCAR yep. event. Uh, you know, they all seem to find their own niche, what they want to do. You know, CBS has the college basketball and the SEC. So, yep. you know. Uh, they they all found their own little niche and, and want to do it. But uh, you brought up something I wanted to talk about real quickly. And what's your interest in the World Cup on, on a scale of one to five or one to ten? What's what's your what's your interest in Zero. the World Cup? Zero. Yeah, that's Zero. what I thought. I, if the United States is in it, or if Ghana's playing, I got a little sentimental tie to Ghana. I'm not a soccer guy, so that's it's nothing against World Cup. It's a great spectacle. When I've watched in, in years past, or a lot of exciting matches but to me i'm not a soccer guy so it's just not you know like to me the people world basketball competitions really exciting to me to some people it's just that's stupid it's a great spectacle for sports i wish they could clean up the the political side of how the host country or cities are drawn but that's it that's anything you're gonna have a little fixing in it for anything but no i'm not really interested i couldn't tell you who's in and who's not no, I couldn't tell you who's good or who's bad in, in soccer neither. Yeah. And it has its appeal to the masses, meaning the world. And I I do get it because soccer is a lot like basketball mm-hmm. on this level. And what I mean a lot like basketball is in poor countries, all you need is a ball. Uh, you you know you designate a goal area, and all you need is a yep. ball, and you, you, you can get off. kids playing. And basketball is the same way. All you need is a ball and a hoop, and you can play anywhere. In a lot of ways, that simplization of it, that simplifying it, is why it's so popular mm-hmm. in urban areas because it doesn't. It's as inexpensive sport to play. Like if you want to play hockey, that's a very expensive oh, sport to play. I think it's you the most expensive sport, isn't it? Yet. Right. You have to invest a lot of money to play as a you know and you know, baseball has its built-in numbers. You know that you have to play, and you need you need a field that can handle it. And not that there's not organizations that do it in, in a, all over the country, inner city, or in the uh, suburbs, or in the country that type of thing. There are. It's just 
you know, a pickup game for baseball just doesn't happen anymore. No. You know, when I was a child, yeah, they did. You can go to the park and find people looking to, you know, put a pickup game of some type of baseball game. All you had to do is bring your glove and you can find a game. And, and that used to happen all the time. I don't think that happens anymore. You know, like I said, in developing countries, you know, or who are less developed, all you need is a ball and a dream. And that's what soccer brings to these to these countries, in my opinion. And, and I think that makes a big difference. You can see the the passion behind it. And that's cool. You know, I like I said, I guess I would have I'm about the same as you on level wise. I would have probably have a little bit more of the if the United States was in it, in the sense I would know what the score was yep. and what happened. And if I had the free time, I would have watched it, but I would have not have gone out of my way to watch it. Yeah. Like I said, it is a great, great event, and it has a lot of desire to watch around the world, and I get it, and a lot of pride. I mean, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Those who, it means a lot to, to many people. I mean, if you are happy to be, a, you know, someone of a Mexican descent right now, they're just on the top of the world. And if you know somebody, you know, from whatever other country is doing well, or if you're from someone from Germany, you're not doing well, you know? No. And and and, I, and, I, and that's about the most I know. And, and you're excited if uh, and you're one of what 250,000 people from Iceland, you know, never made this, you know, uh, World Cup trip before, and and what they've uh, achieved, I guess. So, I mean, on that level, that it is unique to watch the 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 fandom come out in the different countries and the pride, and that's probably what uh, the World Cup does more than anything. The level of play is probably is the highest level of play that you're going to find in that game. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I know that is, you know, a yeah. fact. I know. But I, I can't imagine that's not true. It's good. I'm glad it's around, but I'm not worried about it. And the United States will be part of a three-country group in, uh, what, eight years? Okay. Yeah, eight years. You, yep. know, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the United States has a good, you know, soccer uh, organization that – able to get into the games and we'll go from there. And, you know, it was here, what, 1994, I believe. Yeah. Late nine. Yeah. The nine women were here in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a good spectacular. People enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it introduced soccer to, to the masses here in North America, or at least into the United States on that level. And, uh, you've seen, you know, the, the growth of the sport with the, you know, the major league soccer league and all that. So I enjoy it to the sense that I pay attention to highlights. I I've watched one game became simply because it came on a Sunday morning last week. I think I ended up watching Argentina. It was Argentina. Argentina. That's how much I know. <laughs> yeah. Iceland Argentina game. It was on a nine in the morning. I mean, what else is there to do on nine in the morning Nothing. on a Sunday if you're not going to church? You know? Nothing. At that time, so yeah, what the heck, you know that to me, that's what the uh, the World Cup's about is uh, filling my time when I'm uh, when I least expect it. So that's I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. So what else yeah, is going I, on, Anthony? I mean, you something you wanted to talk about? Yeah, there's something I want to talk about. And I want to get off my chest because it's it, it is how do I put this? You and I are baseball purists. That's our favorite sport. That's that is. If you were to give us a sport to say you got to sit down and watch, we can sit down and watch a non-inning baseball game or or listen to it. I wish there was an owner in baseball that would step up 
and challenge Rob Manfred like Jerry Jones challenged Roger Goodell. And Rob Manfred is challenging for the most idiot. How do I say this? He's trying to become the worst owner in professional sports the way he is going right now. The whole pitch clock and clock on baseball, that's a joke, but that's another story from their time. Last Friday, I went to the Scrappers game. And besides seeing some nice young talent that the Indians drafted, they got some nice young players. Are they going to make I don't know. But they're fun to watch. They got some nice kids. We decide in the 10th inning to put a runner on second base to begin the inning. Like this is backyard wiffle ball. And mom's calling you for dinner in five minutes. And you and I were like, okay, we got to finish this game up. That is ridiculous. It is stupid. I got out of my seat and left. I was done. I would had enough because this moron wants to tinker with rules and make baseball. That's not baseball. That is not baseball. That is ridiculous, asinine backyard wiffle ball rules. And I don't want to hear about, well, the pace of play and all of this garbage because it's taken away from the game because you're putting the pitcher in an awful spot. It's an unfair advantage. And it's not baseball. Abner Doubleday is rolling over in his grave somewhere because this buffoon wants to tinker with the game and he's embarrassing it. There is no need to do that wiffle ball rule backyard crap. I can understand if I'm playing wiffle ball in the backyard with my nine-year-old cousin, but not, not Major League Baseball. And I swear to God, if that lure gets to Major League Baseball, I, I don't know what I will do. I'll lose my mind. I hope it doesn't get there. Because it's an asinine rule, and it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. And this idiot just keeps finding ways. And then I hear this week he wants to have two-game weekend series. I don't know. I don't know what this man is. He is trying too hard right now. I give him credit for being innovative and trying new things. And I get you got to do that. But would you quit messing with the the fundamentals of the game and how the game of baseball was created. Would you quit? Would you just quit? How about you work on fixing unified rules, for God's sakes? We play two different sets of rules, for God's sakes, in baseball. No other league does that. And I get you got the American and the National League, but for God's sakes. I mean, in, next week we got to go send Corey Kluber up there to hit. And God forbid if he tweaks the back muscle again, we know how that's going to go for us. So either you have an all-time DH or you have an all-time pitcher's bat. But none of this, but but I know that's been around for years. It's not man for its fault. But last week what I saw was absolute garbage. Little League Baseball doesn't even do it, Tim. Little League Baseball doesn't even do it. And if there's a league you want to get sped up, that's it. Because after six or seven innings of Nine and ten year old kid pitch ball, you're done. You've had enough. And I I rest my case. I was so fired up about that all week, I had to get it off my chest. I understand the uh, frustration with the uh, tinkering of the uh, the basics of the game. And that is a hundred percent to be frustrated. Uh, here's the thing. And this is one thing we've learned in the last 20 years, especially in Major League Baseball. They love using the minor leagues as an experiment. Yep. 
and they and they have, and they have the pitch clock at the minor league level, and they have this overtime rule or extra inning rule now in place. I will say this for the extra, extra inning rule. The thought process, if it makes sense, is to shorten the game in extra innings to save the pitchers mm-hmm. because you don't have the depth at the minor league level that you may have at the major league level to dip down to triple A or double A to pick up a pitcher when you go a 15, 16 inning game. I don't think this will ever get to the major league level. I, I think it's purely uh, this is unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot of Manfred's ideas are not original. They're high school baseball rules. Oh, and high God. school baseball has a lot of these type of rules. Uh, the only difference is I don't believe they put a runner at second base anymore in high school baseball. They may. I don't think they do. Uh, uh, they may after maybe like the seventh or let's say the uh, the ninth or tenth extra inning game, you know, once you reach like, the tenth inning, they may do that, that type of thing in, in, uh, in high school baseball. I'm not 100% sure. At one time they did. They still have the rule in in, uh, in high school baseball, which is very, uh, I want to say controversial, but very well used. And matter of fact, I've seen it used uh, quite effectively by both teams uh, in the uh, – in a championship game is where you can pinch run a player. Yep. And that player can then return to the field. They got pinch mm-hmm. run for. Yep. And uh, I don't think you'll ever see that in Major League Baseball. It may happen, especially with more specialization coming. Uh, you can imagine if you had a, you know, the, the throwback here, uh, Anthony, uh, Herb Washington, who was the first ever designated runner in baseball. Uh, for the Oakland A's, Charlie Finley actually decided that if he went out and got someone who was a track star and put him in baseball, he would be able to steal bases for him late in the ball games as a pinch runner. Yeah, that wasn't Herb Williams. It was Herb, Herb Washington. Excuse me. Herb Washington. Yes. Uh, I apologize. My apologies to, M- to Mr. Williams. Herb Washington. And, mm-hmm. and, and Washington actually uh, owns – uh, some McDonald's in this area and uh, was one time the owner of the Youngstown Steelhouse. He got his, his name claimed to fame as I don't believe he ever had a major league at bat. He was strictly used as a runner during the Oakland A's uh, Charlie Finley days when they were winning world championships with Reggie Jackson and others and Raleigh Fingers in the early 70s. Uh, lo- long before you were uh, on this planet. So he never had, you know, he played 105 games in two years and he never recorded. Never had it. Yeah. He was uh, 17 of 31 in stolen bases and he scored 33 runs in his career. Yeah. And he was quote unquote a designated runner. I mean, yep. that was a uh, matter of fact, I guess there's a baseball card that actually has it. You know how you had DH. Yeah, DR designated runner. Yeah, he played two seasons, I think, of Major League Baseball. Yep. That was Charlie Finley being innovated. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know, but here's the thing I uh, I was going to get to is you're you're seeing a lot of these roles implemented at the uh, minor league level to test them out for the major league level. I mean, that's their testing ground. 
the pitch clock's coming. And I don't really have a problem with that. Yeah. Because I want, especially the way the game is played today, uh, you have so many strikeouts in the ball game. You have so much lack of action that you need consistent pace in the game. And there are some pitchers that take 30, 40 seconds between pitches, and that's just too long. You're, you notice your legitimate better pitchers uh, are very much on a pace. You know, they mm-hmm. get the ball, they get it, they get the sign, they, they release it within 15 seconds anyway, so it's no big deal. Some of the relievers do take longer to, to make a pitch than oh, yeah. a starter. And you notice that, and that definitely slows down the ball game quite a bit. The White Sox do that. Pace the, game, the pace of the game is a concern. It is slowing down, and they need to do something about it. Will the the pitch clock be the answer? Probably not. But I don't. I'm not opposed to it. I think you need to find it. What you need now is a philosophy in baseball of making contact again. Yeah. And uh, yep. Right now, baseball does not have that at the major league level. You know, strikeouts are acceptable. So you don't see a lot of plays, you know, balls in play. And these things happen. I mean, it is it, it those go in cycles. So we'll have to wait and see how it all uh, works out in the long run. But I don't have a problem with the pitch clock. I actually kind of hope that it comes to the major league level. About five years ago, I would have been totally opposed to it. Uh, 100% opposed to it. But today I'm not. I'm open-minded to that. The second baseman, uh, runner at second base, I don't. It can never happen in Major League Baseball. You need to play the game out the way it's supposed to be played. And if it costs you a starting pitcher like Pleco coming in relief, so be it. Uh, and that's just the way it works in baseball. And I don't have a problem with that. And you have to make adjustments. And if anything, if I I hope what rule does come into Major League Baseball in the next year or two or in the next uh, in near future is the expanded rosters. I would like to see 27-man roster with mm-hmm. 25 designated for the game. And that would save bullpens and that will save uh, starting pitchers and others. Because let's face it, you can designate, like for example, Bauer pitched yesterday and Cleverger pitched the day before. If you mm-hmm. had a 25 man roster that you can designate, those two you wouldn't not be available for the, tonight. They're not gonna be available anyways. Yeah. So might as well deactivate them. And then you would have full roster of yep. 25 available. You could do the same thing with relievers. You can, you know, you can have a bigger bullpen of relievers, whatever the case may be. Or if you want to make it, you can only designate one pitcher and one player every game. You know, uh, 27 to me is the perfect number. It'll probably be 26, which you can definitely work around. I don't have a problem with that neither. You know, there's talk about the expanded rosters come uh, in September which I really have no problem with. It's been around baseball forever, and it's just, you know, nonsense to talk yeah. about it now. Uh, yes, uh, organizations have learned to take advantage of that by overloading the bullpen to give their, you know, some depth late in the season. I don't have a problem with it, personally. I've seen it happen uh, in 2014. The Indians did that to, to yes, secure an opportunity. Yes, and they worked. did. And, uh, exactly. And, you know, I don't have a real problem with that. However, if they wanted to do, do the same thing where you have to designate 25 players for that day, I don't have a problem with that either. It's not the end of the world. Uh, I think innovation could be a good thing. I think it takes a combination of the players and the management of baseball to get together, you know, have representatives from, uh, you know, two from every club, get in there with the 
the GMs and, and talk about the game itself and what they want to do, how they want to handle this. You know, I know there's certain batters that like to step out of the plate and this and that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can, you can show your analysis to the players. This is what's going on. This is why we really, truly want to make differences. And they can unilaterally make the difference. But if they work with the players, I think they can have a better re result in the long run. Uh, I don't know if that will happen. That's probably a dream, not reality. And, you know, that's just the way it works. I'm not a big fan of all the high school rules in, in, in Major League Baseball. I'm not a big fan of the of the the walk where you just say, okay, we're walking oh, him and he doesn't that. throw the four pitches. I'm not a big fan of that. That's a high school rule. Yep. You know, the runner at second base is a high school rule. You know, these are, you know, like I said, next thing you know, you're going to have the uh, the reentry of the uh, designated yep. runner. And, again, I don't think it's necessary. Uh, I mean, that could be the next step. I hope not. I, You know, there is legitimacy to what you said about tinkering with the game too much and the traditions of the game. I don't have – I'm a little bit more open-minded than I used to be about that. I just hope in the long run that they have a little common sense to know when to call it when. The one rule I suggest and I have suggested for the last five years goes right to the what you were talking about, the des designated hitter rule in the two leagues rules. Here's a simple solution. Very simple solution. Make the designated hitter a manager's decision. Simple yep. as that. Make it a manager's decision. If, Anthony, you're, you and I are managers of opposite teams, in a game, and I decide to hit my pitcher, that's my choice. Yep. And if you decide to use a DH, that's your choice. Yep. And you got to live with it and play it that way. And if you choose to use the DH and I use the DH, so be it. If we both choose to use a pitcher, you know, I got Madison Bungarder, so I'm going to use a pitcher. Yep. Okay. You're willing to you're willing to roll the dice that way, and you're playing the rules that way. If you happen to be playing an American League team, and you know you're playing. You know, the Indians, Edwin Encarcion is going to come to the plate and he's going to be a DH and not a first baseman. So be it. Yep. And that's the way I look at it. And it, leave it just make it a manager's decision every game. You know, he can, he can start his pitcher or he can use a DH. I think almost 99.9% .9 of the time you're going to see the DH. Yeah. Even in a National League. Just it's such a simple decision. Uh, you don't have to quote unquote change the rules, meaning a pitcher will never hit again. Mm -hmm. Make it a manager's decision. Make it part of the game, part of being a manager. You have to decide your lineup, what works best. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the best answer to the scenario. You know, many years ago, the DH was about to come into the National League, and there was a meeting to happen, and there was a, a fallout between a couple of the owners, basically, and one owner chose not to do it. And another owner said, okay, I'm going to follow suit. And that's why I didn't pass. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great article on it online. Uh, I think the pirates were actually the ones who uh, ended up casting the vote not to add the DH though. It was almost like a guarantee going into the meeting. Uh, this was way back in, I think in the seventies. So it's an interesting uh, article. You just have to search. Uh, I'm sure Google, if you search article uh, DH in the national league, and you may, you probably will find it. It it really is gives a great of uh, how the DH did not come to the National League. And like I said, I I'm I'm a hundred making the manager's decision. I agree. That way, 
that way, if you're a National League team and you have a, a hitter, a pitcher that hits and you want to use them, that's your choice. You, you know, that it's absolutely your choice. And if you want to have a fight with your player because he doesn't want to bat or he wants to bat and you choose the DH, you have to deal with it. That's yep. your manager. That's that's why you get yep. paid for it. You know, and uh, Madison Bungarner, you know, he got traded to the American League. Uh, Otani is a perfect example in the American League. You know, you can not use the DH and just bat him instead of using the DH. Or you can choose to use the DH and just let him pitch that day. Yep. You know, so I don't have a problem with it. I think it's the easiest and best solution. And I think they can implement it tomorrow and not change the games. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think they'll implement it at the beginning of a next season type thing, whenever that would go in effect. But I don't think that it is part of baseball future i think it's the easiest and simplest solution to the, to the dh and it would be great for baseball to do that make it a manager's decision uh and uh you know like i said i expect the pitch clock to come in next you know uh next year at the major league level i really do and if i had to take a guess you know i've been hearing a lot of this i'm not a proponent of this but i understand the thought process and if it does get to the accuracy that they're talking about in the next few years, everyone's Anthony, this is going to blow your mind away, but get ready for an electronic uh, strike zone. Oh, please. Can we have it already? Please. Can we See, just do it already? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's coming. The umpiring has become a joke. It's become a joke. You don't know what's a strike from inning to inning anymore. And I think it's nuts that every game, we don't know what a strike zone is going to be because on Friday night, you better not even throw outside. You're not getting a call. And neither pitcher is getting a call. So at least it's consistent to that point. But, I mean, pitches. My aunt even said, she said there were a couple pitches on Encarnacion and Lindor that were, I mean, right there, strike three called. And they, I mean, thankfully for our sake, didn't call them. But the electronic strike zone is coming. It, 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 it is. And coming. I think it has to be coming because the technology is getting there. And yep. it's coming sooner than later. And. Quite honest with you, just as you just said, inconsistency in the strike zone, and it's it's just human nature. Mm -hmm. You know, you see it. You your your perception of it is different than I, and uh, and that's what's going to happen. And there are those who are much stronger uh, ball strike uh, callers than others. Mm -hmm. You know, one suggestion before going to that is, you know, you had a four man crew in baseball, and if they're not good at balls or strikes they shouldn't call you know and you put the strongest two uh umpires as behind the home plate for that reason alone and i'm not against that either that's a lot of work for that umpire you know all season long call balls and strikes and maybe have two out of the four guys who are the uh home plate umpire every game instead of rotating them like they do and they rotate them for fairness and i get that and I'm not saying, you know, what they do and how they rotate the umpires is not proper. It is. However, umpire D is not necessarily the best ball strike caller. Mm -hmm. But umpire A and umpire B, umpire A is spectacular. And umpire B is, is, is uh, you know, not bad. He's pretty good at it. He's not at quite the level as A, but he can do the job and fairly. And you might as well just use two umpires that can do it versus uh, four umpires and have two guys who are inconsistent about it. And I think that would speed up the game. 
That's part of the game's problem is the ball strike call. It's, it's, it's an important thing. You know, it, it really does create action. You know, knowing where the strike zones is and how it's how it reacts. And uh, you see catchers, you see pitchers, you see batters, you see everybody involved, uh, players on the bench, you know, react to pitches that, that they believe are strikes that are not. You know, electronic strike zone probably will be here. I'm not against it. I want to see it work. If anything, I don't know how they implement that at the minor league level. I don't know if it's possible. I don't think they have the technology and all the stadiums to do it. At the major league level, they probably do. And it'll be interesting to see. You still need a home plate umpire. You still need a home home plate umpire to not just call the outs at home plate, but to register the the strikes and this and that. If anything, it should be a a way for them to help them call balls and strikes. You know. I'm not sure exactly if it's 100% them doing. I don't know how it's going to work. I honestly don't, but it's definitely a part of baseball that is changing, and technology has changed every game in sports, and it's going to continue to do that. Uh, and I don't won't be surprised if we do have a uh, electronics strike zone in the future. It's just it's coming. I mean, you watch any game. Hey, you watch. Uh, all the games are on Fox, basically on the Fox Sports Nets and yes. uh, STOs of the world, or or on um, Major League Baseball. They have the strike yep. zone. They have that strike box. Uh, it's part of baseball. I'm so used to it, I don't even think about. I like it. it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the ten yard line in football. Yep. You know the first down line. It's there. It's part of the game watching yep. experience. I, I don't have a problem with that. It does help. It might be an idiot box. It might be an idiot line, <laughs> it but idiot. It, uh. Well, I'm seriously, it kind of insults the uh, the viewer saying you don't know what a strike is. You don't know where the strike zone's at or you don't know where the first down marker is at you know, in football. It's also part of the uh, video game world yes, because when you play uh, Major League Baseball on a PlayStation or uh, Xbox, you have that first down line in every game. So uh, viewers like it and there's nothing wrong with it. And yeah, it could be an idiot line. It could be an idiot box. But you know what? So be it. I'll move on. That. I yeah. agree with that. I just had to get that off Speak. my chest because that was oh no, I'm ridiculous. Glad you did because that's more important. Look, we could talk about the Indians game last night or this or that. Look, I'm not saying it's not important to to kind of recap a game, but we're not doing a daily podcast no. for that. We're not going to go through the the stats of every player. We'll talk about you know like. For example, when a player has a great streak going, like Kobe, uh, like like Kluber did, you know, when he wasn't walking a guy for five games, I mean, that's phenomenal. And you know, and what he's achieved, or or actually what Bauer is doing with all these strikeouts, holy that smokes! What, what is it, really seven well games right in a row? What is it seven games in a row with ten strikeouts or more? Or seven of eight? I think the last, the previous one prior to this, he had eight because of the rain delay. That's right. Yeah, he didn't get to come back out. Yep. Yeah. So. But needless to say, I mean, what he's achieving, what he's doing is phenomenal. Hopefully, he'll make the all-star game. I really do. I hope he does. Uh, He's a great character uh, in baseball, too. He's a great character in baseball, and I want to see, you know, people to get to know him more than just the analytical guy who wants to do certain things and have the unique warm-up and the long toss and everything else. I I like Bauer. I don't always agree with him. I don't always agree with him. Probably never will. 
However, you know, that's, those are some of the guys that you are most interesting mm -hmm. because you don't always see eye to eye and you do things differently and you can learn from that. And I've always, I've always enjoyed that part of uh, talking to people in sports and doing different things. Speaking of sports, real quickly, uh, last night, I'm going to recap something for you. Yep. Uh, after I just said it, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, it's not really a recap, but I had an opportunity to uh, go out to uh, Brooklyn Heights and uh, towards Cleveland and mm -hmm. watch uh, minor league football as uh, the Cleveland Cobras, who, are, of course, yeah. are gridiron. Uh, development of football league. That's what it's called. And uh, got a chance to call the game with Mark Means. So it was the first time Mark and I got a chance to work together in years. Uh, I don't think we actually did uh, prior to that. And uh, it was different. I got to do uh, the slide over into the analyst uh, chair, yeah. which was unique for me. So uh, I was a little dry and boring, but you know, I had fun and we had a good time. And it was an interesting ball game. Uh, it wasn't much of a ball game, but uh, then again, you, know, you have 45-year-old guys playing football. It's, it's unique. <laughs> and uh, against 22-year-olds, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a different world at semi-pro uh, minor league football. But people love it. You know, people come out to see it. It was, was, it it was an interesting experience. What's that? Was it crowded? Did they have a good attendance? Yeah, they had a nice crowd. I wouldn't say it was huge, but it was, yeah. it was a nice little crowd. You know, it was... It was a little bit more than family and friends. Uh, there's a they played the team from uh, Erie, uh, Erie Express, uh, okay. and uh, very talented, very uh, athletic. Had some speed on the outside. Everyone runs the uh, threat offense, and that's everywhere in sports. And especially at that level, you can really, you know, you don't have to yeah. have a lot of practices and stuff like that because you yep. just can't do it. It's tough to get everybody on the same schedule. I believe there was a one of the quarterbacks for the Cobras who used three of them was a 19 year old, you know, just wow. out of high school. Wow. And they had a couple older guys that played and yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a really a different brand of football. And I want to thank uh, the guys over at Western reserve digital radio who uh, actually let's give them a quick plug. They have a, the Penn Ohio high school uh, football, game football game this game Friday this night. Yep. Yeah. Over in, in, a, in a Salem. So, gorgeous facility down there. Oh, it is. As a matter of fact, Absolutely we were talking gorgeous. about that on the. We were talking about that during the game, and I says, you know, Northeast Ohio has a lot of great high school football stadiums, mm -hmm. but I says Salem's one of the better ones, you know, in our area. Now you sit up a little higher, I think, in Salem versus yeah, other yeah. other uh, stadiums, but it's it's a great view, and uh, the press box is is really one of the better ones in the area so to broadcast from. And it's been used for high school playoffs, and uh, it's good to see. Real quickly, high school playoffs back to Friday and Saturday in football this coming year in Ohio. Oh, Not all on Friday. They do. Yes. Thank God. So that's good news. Thank uh, God. Unfortunately, what they did is kind of reversed them. If you remember years ago, yeah. it was always Division One on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it will be the smaller schools on Saturday. By, I believe four, five, five six, six, and seven. seven. Yeah, basically a combination of those will be playing on Saturday. Well, they'll keep the larger schools on Friday. Uh, they try to keep them away from the collegiate games. Yeah. Uh, interference. We'll see. But then again, you know what? The Big Ten plays games on Fridays now. You know, and yeah, they do. They play Friday night. They all do. They all do, which absolutely stinks. I hate that. 
And yep. we get in that football season, but I don't think Ohio State has one of those, do they? No, I don't believe they do, but they haven't. I've, I don't think they've ruled it out yet uh, in the future. Yeah, uh, I know some schools. I believe Penn State said they would never play on a Friday, and a few other schools in the Big Ten have said they would not. The only way I'd play on a Friday if I had to yeah. buy a week before or after. Well, I wouldn't want to play on Friday at all. Simple on a simple fundamental reason. Fridays for high school football. Yeah, you know? you're taking away um, recruiting day. Well, not even that. I mean, take what I'm just saying in general, because I don't care if it's two schools in the middle of Ohio playing a division six. They don't need the competition of someone say, I want to stay home to watch this football game. Go out and watch the kids play. You know, let the kids have that day. Uh, you know, it's just a fundamental thing. I think Fridays should be, you know, not for the NFL or for college football. And I get it. You know, TV mm -hmm. talks and money talks. And yes, it does. That's they just get the way it works in this world. And always that Tuesday, God almighty. But they need to fill the time. And that's when they say they can put a Mac game on. ESPN says, hey, we'll do a Mac game of the week on Tuesday. All right. You're going to okay. pay us X amount of money for this. We're going to take yeah. it. And that's just the way it works. And Unfortunately, you know, that's part of uh, sports today. That's why they have games Monday through Friday or Monday, you know, and then on the weekends. The only day they don't play college football primarily is on Sundays. They have a few exceptions to that rule during the season. But for the yep. most part, you know, that's for the NFL. And the NFL's done the exact same thing. They've expanded their, their week viewing week. You know, when I was young, it was – Sundays and Mondays, and that was it. You know, Monday was the the marquee game on on ABC, and then yeah, everybody played on Sunday. And uh, now you have, of course, Thursday, Thursday Saturday, Saturday, Sundays. You know, Saturdays. Uh, you know, later in the year, yeah. times in the season, you had that late in the year. Yeah, you had that all the yep. time. But that, that was because college football used to end yep. early, and that would fill the gap on Saturdays. You know, now you have basically you know, Thursday night, you have Sunday, you have Sunday night uh, football, and you have Monday night football. So, I mean, it's an expanded, you know, viewing time. It makes it tough on, on sports fans because, you know, games start at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And, yep. you know, if you're in the East, you know, on a Thursday, you know, that, you that Friday yeah. going to work is never fun, especially if you have it's an rough. early uh, work call. Exactly. So. It's rough. Yeah, but we all do it because we all love this game and we want to watch our teams play. So it's just part of sports. It's going to be a rough week next week when the Indians got to play a 10-05 games against the A's. Well, you know, that's just a West Coast game, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Indians had that 6-05 start yesterday because of Major League Baseball. So uh, now, I missed that one. Now, why would that have so. I was trying because to figure that out. Saturday. Okay. It's really simple. It was a 605 because of the the Fox window of uh, exclusivity. Okay. I think they had a four o'clock game that started. Okay. That was on national TV. So they have exclusivity to a certain level. You have to, or they had a, maybe they had an evening game at seven o'clock. So you have to start okay. before the, yeah. the, the exclusivity comes in for Fox uh, sports. Yeah. If they have that a night game, sense. I think they, they start them at 7 o'clock on Saturdays. Yeah. So you have to start. If you want to have a televised game, you have to have it start before. So that's why okay. it was at 6 o'clock. 
I why couldn't they choose four o'clock or one yeah, o'clock? Yeah, they always do four o'clock on Saturdays. I know the I love played the, a four o'clock game yesterday, so that could be why too. It, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, one of those things. Thou shall not uh, challenge the New York Yankees. The larger the market, the larger the rule. As simple as that. It always has been, and, and quite honest with you, and, and that's nothing shocking here. They have the, the biggest fan base in yeah. baseball. Yeah, it's all all across the nation, not just those from New York, but those who country, are yeah. front runners. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, and have been Yankee fans their entire lives, living in Ohio or yep. you know Wyoming or wherever the yep. hell they may be. You know, <laughs> the that's just the way it works. Maybe they're in Vancouver. I don't. Maybe they're in Vancouver. I couldn't tell you. Tell you what, there's a lot with Tampa Bay know. yesterday. Good lord, that oh, yeah, Tampa, is all Yankees. Tampa. Fans. Well, Tampa is a huge Yankee base and always has been. A lot of people from New York moved down to Florida as, as time went by. Uh, obviously, they have their training camp in Tampa. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's kind of Yankee South, and it always yes, has it been. You know, St. Pat Petersburg is definitely in that realm. You know of uh, of Yankee Land, and we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Rays in the future. There. All I know is I've never been uh, to St. Petersburg and and watched a game there, and I'm glad I never have. Uh, that that is absolutely the most atrocious game place to watch a baseball game. I heard that from, dome. I heard from people who have been there. It's it's awful. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate, but. Hopefully that gets straightened out long term, just as a baseball fan. Yeah, and I know, you know Oakland needs a new stadium. They've needed it for years. Don't know if they'll ever get it. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a totally different animal to talk about, and you know, scenarios going on. I really don't want to go down. You know, what teams need to do what for you know their communities and how to get involved. That's between them, and uh, we'll we'll comment later on all that. But, you know, that was uh, my weekend, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I get some baseball. I renewed an old passion. How's that sound? Did you? In the last few weeks. As a matter of fact, we're going to have some fun. I'm going to try to contact a uh, an American who uh, actually plays Australian rules football. When ESPN first started, and I'm sure you've heard these stories, it used to be like just a primetime you know, window when it came on. There wasn't many hours of the day they broadcast. And then they started like broadcasting all day, like from like 7 a.m. to like midnight. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when they first started doing that, and then they went like 24 hours. When they first started doing that, they needed programming because it was an infant. You're talking yep. early 80s cable television. So there wasn't a lot of programming for sports. You know, they did a lot of replays of games from uh, they would have like college basketball on and college baseball baseball or football or whatever and they would replay those games throughout the day well in the mornings and i was probably around 13 14 years old and getting ready to go to school australian rules football which they call footy on and i used to you know it just blew my mind i used to watch that in rugby almost every morning before i went to school uh, over the years i you know you'd catch it on espn late at night or stuff like that uh, fox now has it on their uh, on their Fox Go app, and I was on the app a couple uh, about a month ago. You know, you're gonna watch the Indians because I was outside. I said, "Oh, I can throw it on the app and, and see what they're up to." Uh, I was I was working outside and be able to catch a, a few plays on the iPad. And uh, when I turned on the app, there was a a preview or a, a thing saying AFL 
and it, and it brought back memories of that. And I said, oh, my God. So I've uh, renewed my passion for AFL uh, footy. And it's hysterical because it's 18 guys killing each other, trying to punt a ball up and down a field that's like 300 yards long. <laughs> it's, it's, but I, we're going to try to reach out to this uh, Mason Cox. Mason Cox? Yes. He plays for Collingwood. Mason Cox played for Oklahoma State. Back to my story. The American who plays the AFL footy is Mason Cox, and uh, he played uh, he's seven foot tall, and he played for Oklahoma State, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah, and uh, so we're gonna, I'm going to reach out to him on, on social media. God knows about the time differences. I think they're about 14 hours ahead of mm -hmm. us. So I don't know if we'll both be able to do it at the same time or if he's available to do it or if he wants to do it. But you know, what the hell? Let's let's have some fun. Let's find out about uh, this guy. And uh, if you ever get a chance to watch it. But back to my story, I used to watch it every morning. Uh, it was funny because I would – my bus used to get here. I was like in middle school. So my bus was the latest bus of, in the yeah. morning. It used to get around at 8.30 in the morning. Yep. So. You know, you get up early, you have your breakfast, and you, you sit around and you watch TV. You usually watch those morning news shows yep. or entertainment mm -hmm. shows on ESPN when I had the opportunity, and there it was. And uh, I just started laughing, and I started following it. I, I've been uh, paying attention to it. As you know, I drive around all day with my car parts uh, Kia, and I listen <laughs> to podcasts, so I had the uh, opportunity to to uh, download a podcast or two. and. Uh, a couple of uh, fun, uh, fun-loving Australians talking uh, footy. That's their most uh, popular sport in Australia, by the way. Got a kick out of it, so we're gonna. I'm gonna reach out to this Mason Cox and maybe a couple of these guys to do these uh, podcasts. Yeah, and uh, have them on just for the fun of it. Find out more about this uh, unique game that's uh, definitely uh, all about Australia. So, but yeah, I found it interesting that it, there's an American down there playing it. There's a podcast, and uh, I think, uh, called, I listened to it last week, uh, one of the first times. It was called uh, Kuda Beans. I think it's Kuda Beans. Kuda Beans? It's, it's uh, Kuda Beans. Anyways, they're, they're like a um, Australian talk show for, it's a comedians, right? That, but they do the thing on footy. Yeah. And long story short, uh, they, they break into songs about different players <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, I'm serious. They do. It's hysterical. But they, their, their fan base sends in lyrics, and they have a guy who has a guitar, and he breaks into his own, uh, you know, version. And it could yeah. be whatever song you, they think that works for that, for that thing. And uh, they made a song for that Mason Cox because he scored five goals. I'm going to steal that and put that into our podcast here for the Mason Cox thing. Okay. And uh, uh, at least that's my my plan right now. So. Anyways, uh, Anthony, it's been crazy. This, uh, like I said, it, it's a bit. I tried to watch it last night. I got home about one a.m. from. Uh, yeah, we got home about two a.m. from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got home at one a.m. from that Cleveland uh, football game, and I jumped on my iPad, and and lo and behold, there was the AFL again. So I said, "Oh, I'll sit down and watch it." And it was Collinwood, by the way. Was it? Uh, taking on, yeah, taking on. Uh, Carlington, Carlton, <laughs> and uh, yes, it's uh, the Magpies versus the Blues. 
<laughs> it's hysterical. Like I said, uh, you know, it's June. There's nothing much else on. They're in the middle of their that's season, they're in winter. I guess that's when they they play. So uh, I get a kick out of it. Uh, it's pure. It's just pure enjoyment. It has no 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 rhyme or reason behind it. It's just the old memories coming back and made me laugh that I seen it. I said, Oh my god, I remember watching this when I was a kid. <laughs> Strange game, an odd game. I, you uh jordan berry yes he is he's a steelers punter right now right, there he you go he had a long of 62 last year and he averaged 43.2 yards per punt there you go it was jordan berry was the uh, australian and he was a Steeler. who knew yeah. that's how, how much <laughs> i pay attention to the steelers <laughs> that's how much i pay <laughs> uh anyways so anyways that's my new uh uh little Your new summer fling i guess you're gonna call it for sports <laughs> Uh, it's just pure nonsense and having fun. You know, there's so much things going on. I mean, we mm -hmm. can talk about passion for everything, and it's it just cracks me up with everything that goes on. That you got to have some fun once in a while. Yes, you and do. It's nothing. Yes, you do. And uh, it, it's it's you know that's what this podcast is about. We're going to talk a lot of things, and you know we'll get into some of the things I know and what you know well. Yep. You know, I'll obviously talk about you know high school sports and and broadcasting and what's going on on that level and you know some of the things we've seen. I did see some improvement and some people taking responsibility for their posts this week, so that was nice to see. <laughs> yeah, um, he's uh, uh, he's sure not. Uh, no, we'll just we'll just generically say it's baby steps. Yeah, <laughs> it's baby steps. For yeah, you know what. Uh, Here's a here's a quick story. Matter of fact, uh, this was this was, cracked us up on our way up to uh, the game the other day, uh, yesterday, two weeks ago. Our podcast got a chance to uh, sponsor a, yep. a high school football uh, mm -hmm. all star game here in the Mahoning Valley. Uh, you know, it was on Facebook uh, with the video, and it was also on yep. the West Reserve Digital Radio. So Mark Means and Jim Craven were doing the game so i said oh, i gotta check this out it came yep. up on my my uh, facebook feed and i and i turned it on for a while and i watched the first half and you know they did a great job calling a game and i'm not paying it you know i'm paying attention on yeah. the computer doing this and watching that yeah. and you know and uh curious to see how they would you know put our our sponsorship in and they did a great job on all that and in the process i i hear mark break into a uh to a moment where he goes, I have breaking news. I got breaking news. And I'm like, well, this is Mark. Mark knows yeah. actually what's going on. In yeah. the world. You know, I, 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 I didn't even think twice. He goes, it's just been announced that LeBron James is returning to the Cleveland Cavaliers for the next year. He's, he's picked up his, I'm like, what? This is wow. This is, well, this is Mark. To me, Mark's yeah. pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't have to worry about Mark. Yeah. I don't have to worry about Mark, you know? Because if Mark said it, I'll take it pretty much as gold. Because yeah. you know, he he does his homework. You know, mm -hmm. obviously he got something on his new feed. I haven't got across mine, so I put it on Facebook. You know, reports is that that uh, that LeBron yeah. James has opted into his contract. And I then I got on my iPad. I says, let me go look and see what I find. You know, I couldn't find it anywhere. Yep. Nowhere. Nothing. I saw that. Well, I I'm like, wait. I, oh, I, could, I kept finding was what happened four years ago. And I'm yep. like, 
what the hell's going on? Well, here's the story. Mark was uh, doing the game, and someone came in that he knows. I don't want to embarrass that, yeah. this person. He's new to the business. You know, he's learning his ways. Yeah. Well, he did. It, it came across his timeline, and someone posted something four years old. Oh, and showed it to Mark. And here oh, he is. Mark God. says, well, I got to put information. He posted it. I posted it. And we are starting laughing all the way up. I says, I, I, says, I didn't even look. Usually, I double-check anything I post like that. And I says, it came from you. So I said, I'm not going to do a damn thing. <laughs> I says, I'm, I'm just going to post it. I, I have good sources here. And, and we're all laughing because he goes, I was so embarrassed and this and that. He goes, in the third quarter, we did a retraction. I says, I didn't listen to the third quarter. I didn't listen to the third quarter. <laughs> I said, I had things to do. <laughs> I listened to the but, second quarter of it. Yeah. And I think that's when that happened. It might have been in the second quarter where that when I, I came across, or maybe the yeah. first quarter. I think it was right before halftime I came across. Was it? Yeah, and then right after halftime they did a retraction, and I had to get and get going and do things. So, uh, yeah. So uh, that tells you exactly about jumping to conclusions. You yep. don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. It's it's embarrassing. It's funny. I, I someone actually posted, you know, uh, a friend posted. He goes, I don't think this is real. I said, no, I agree with you. I can't find it anywhere neither. And he goes, yeah, I think it's four years old. I said, yeah, me too. <laughs> I just, I, not to embarrass Mark like I am right now, uh, I went on to say, uh, I heard on an internet uh, uh, report. So it was an internet broadcast at the time. So oops. Uh, but you know what? We all make mistakes. The and you just got to own them. You got to own them. You know what? The you just got to own them and move on. Yeah, it is the power of the internet, and you just gotta own them and move on, because you know that's that's what sports is about. But uh, you know, I look forward to the Indians this week. Uh, continue to move forward. They won what seven in a row now? Six in a row. They're uh, they are they're seven up. They're seven up, six in a row. That, that's what it is. No, they're forty-two and thirty-three. I I don't I don't I try my hardest not to pay attention to records. Before July, I just don't want to do that. They're forty-two and thirty-three. Yeah, you, you know, right now they have a better record than they did last year, for what it's worth. Yeah, it doesn't shock me. I mean, look, I mean, last year you had the twenty-two game winning streak. Plus, you know, they were playing great baseball late in the year. I mean, they always do play better yeah. the second half of the season than they did in the first half. And you know, the Indians are still making moves. They're still trying to find the right yep. combination in the bullpen. They're waiting for Andrew Miller, hopefully, to come in and be an effective pitcher. Yeah, they, you know, they just uh, shut him down again. And the lineup is starting to secure itself. I mean, they all their players are now healthy. They, you know, they said goodbye to Melky Cabrera. So there's my thought of the guy who's going to, you know, drive in a lot of runs and play, yeah. you know, outfield and switch from both sides. That, that only lasted for a few weeks, but you never know what the future holds. I don't think anyone picked him up yet. Not yet. No, so, they got thirty days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, and the way Chisholm is going with his calves. Yeah. Well, we'll see what trade. happens there. He's a free agent. We'll see what happens. You know, yep. someone, someone with an injury will probably pick him up. Hey, you know, that's just the way it works. Today, though, I got my broom yeah, here somewhere. Well, like I said many times, when you get in division plays, when you play nineteen games against your yep. in division opponents, you have to take advantage of it. Yes, Indians are a class act of the Central Division. I've said it all year. They still are. And now's the opportunity to put some distance 
between now and the all-star break uh, to have a 10, 12 game lead would not surprise me. Uh, in the same vein, you know, you have to win ball games and right now they're doing it. We'll see. They're not always pretty, but they're winning. And that's, that's the bottom line. And right now some of the starting pitching is starting to click in again. And oh, Clevenger looks fantastic. I love what Clevenger. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, we haven't even talked about uh, Beaver since he's returned, but he's looked great in his two returns. I was there Friday. Starts. He looked really good. He, he and I'm looking really forward good. to watching him. Yeah. Uh, Indian's future for pitching is going to be very exciting. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do uh, the rest of the season. As quickly, I'll talk about this real quick. Yep. Rumors about Machado, I just don't I don't buy no it. Way. No way. I don't think the Indians we're not gonna run a Well, here's the thing. Well, here's here's the thing. Let me finish my statement here. Uh if you get them, you're not gonna give up a lot for them. You're gonna give up a quality minor league prospects, uh, both pitching mm-hmm. and yep. maybe, uh offensively. But you're not giving up your top ten prospects. You're probably giving no. up maybe your top twenty five prospects. Yep. You know, and your you know, your top 15 prospect. I don't think you're giving up more than that. I don't think any team is because, you know, he's going to be a rental and you're just not going to give up a lot this time of the year. The time to trade him was last year for yeah, Baltimore, yeah, but Baltimore exactly. didn't want to do that. You know, we've stated that last year. The opportunity, the time to trade him was last year because you had a year and a half of value for that team that, that wanted him. And you would have got the best prospect. Uh, Herrera went to Washington. Washington yeah. Yeah, um, disappointing as an Indian fan. I wanted yeah, him badly. No, I don't think they, they were ever going to trade yeah. the division. Maybe so, maybe not. Uh, it has happened. It can happen. I'm not saying it would have happened. It was just my highest target. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, right now. You know, there's talk about Blake Trinan from Oakland as a uh, possible landing spot for Cleveland or somebody else. He's in the market, supposedly. And, uh, I mean, that would be a hell of a pickup. I think this is a guy who's really coming into his own, and he's young. He's like, like two years left on his contract, you know, prior. Kind of be like a trade going for for Miller, someone that you can have long-term. And potentially, if you lose a closer in uh, in Allen, you would have someone who to mm-hmm. could fill that spot. So, you know, if I was the Indians, that would be high on my list of, uh, of potential uh, players to uh, pursue. Yeah, he's got a, a career 2.93 ERA, 30. Absolutely. He probably won't cost a lot. Uh, he's going to cost you something because he has a couple of years left on his contract. So, I He'll mean, cost let's hypothetically. Well, let's hypothetically, you know, and I, I have no idea who the they would want or what they need. Uh, but if, for example, if you had a chance to land this guy and he's going to be in your bullpen for the next three years and it costs you. Mejia, would you do it? Um, am I getting somebody else in return? Probably like, not. So, training for I'm just, Mejia. I'm just using him as a as a chip. I'm not saying that's who they're yes. going to use. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think you I do. Would. I think that's I think that's I the type of player. I believe that's the type of player who they would want. Um, maybe McKinnon. I would be willing to probably pull the trade. I would not. I would. I would part with Mejia before I uh, parted with McKenzie first. Well, exactly. And but I then again, think you got to trade away. I told my Anna Friday, you got to trade away.
some stud prospects to go all in. And this is your time you right do. now to go all in. And you got to just live with your chances of you getting him for top 15 and above prospects are slim. Yep. He's probably would, a guy I you're going to have to give up two top 15 picks. And I'm not, they're, they're, I'm just mm -hmm. using them as uh, examples and chips. But that's probably what you're looking at. I would do it for Mejia, yep. It could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. It could happen. I would that's do it all I'm Mejia. saying. You know, uh, we'll see where, where it goes. You know, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the trade deadline coming up. In, yeah, we got less than a month. Yeah, and it's going to get heat up. The Indians need to make some moves. We'll see, you know, secure that bullpen a little bit. Uh, maybe get a, a player or two. You never know. Uh, maybe at third base, maybe not. Uh, anything can happen. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm yeah. kind of excited about it. It's been a it's been a good weekend here, uh, Anthony. I look forward to uh, maybe uh, getting involved uh, a little earlier this week if we can, and uh, yeah, going into the next weekend. Week. Yep. All right. I'm we'll figure that out. Week. We'll figure that out a little bit later, and uh, give you your last thoughts here before we uh, sign off. My thoughts is pretty simple. Uh, let's get the Bruins out for the second second uh, time this week, and uh, hopefully we can go what seven straight and be ten over five hundred. Uh, compared to where we were in May, we all maybe thought the sky was falling some. Um, and after the last Minnesota series, it looked ugly again. But uh, they seem to have caught their fire. Uh, Alonzo's back, like you said. Everybody's healthy and gone for the most part they should get carrasco back within the week or two um and let's hope Plutko can continue the dominant role of starting pitching because right now this role of starting pitching is absolutely incredible and it's being paced by two young kids so and i count clevenger in there because he hasn't had the experience of some of the other guys but uh boy i tell you what bauer and clevenger and you know Kluber, if you can get carrasco right and going Look out. Look out. Well, I'll say this. The Indians have some chips to put on the table to entice some teams. And I say you go all in. And they very well may be. And uh, I don't believe Bieber would be one of those players that they would be willing to part with. I do believe Pletko could be a player they'd be willing to part with. Uh, that's just my, my initial thoughts on it. Kind of like a Drew Pomeran. And, uh, I think a couple yeah, years ago. Right. You know, who knows? And there's mm -hmm. a few other players that, you know, the Indians have some, some chips to play with. So yep. we'll see what they choose to yes, do. Yes, they do. The question is, you know, they got to get the right player in return and uh, we'll see what happens as they uh, move forward. I look, look, like I said before, you're playing in division here. You know, you got to take advantage of it. Yep. And that's what the Indians are, are trying to yep. do. The twins just may have your number this year, but the twins don't have anybody else's number. So yeah, that's true. And it happens. It happens in baseball. You play 500 against the Twins the rest of the year, and uh, you might lose the season series, but you'll win the division. So be it. Yep. Uh, if you beat up on the rest of the uh, the teams in this in this division, then you're gonna be in great shape. And that's just the way it works sometimes in baseball. Yep. And you got you know you got Kansas City coming up, and Kansas City's not good. And then you have you know great. the White Sox you know late in the year, and they're not good. Uh, as we just found out, you oh, know. Oh God, and, they're awful. And you know, Ron Patessa's playoff for next year is not looking too good. <laughs> you know more about him than I do, that's for sure. Uh, God almighty. All right. 
All right, Anthony. We'll uh, we'll get caught up next week on what's going on in the world. Thank yep. you all for tuning in. Real quick, late plug. Don't forget to check us out on the internet at radiomvp.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash radiomvppod, and on Twitter, the real Radio MVP is the way to find us. I'm at Tim Continenza on Twitter, and Anthony is at acap17 on Instagram. Yep. So if you get a chance, check us all out. Get in touch with us. Give us some uh, feedback. And if you do have an opportunity, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Always appreciative on the Apple Podcast as we t- continue to grow Radio MVP. For Anthony and Canfield, I'm Tim and Borman. We will talk to you again very soon here on Radio MVP Sports Podcast. Mason Cox, breakout year. Box always knew he was worth the fuss. Mason Cox, breakout year. This proves that Box is a genius. And he brought this long tall Texan, six foot seventeen, over here from Yankland to pursue the dream. But for several seasons, the jury was well out. Suddenly, the gamble is no more in doubt. Don't you get me wrong. 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 Mason Cox, breakout year. Box always knew he was worth the fuss. Mason Cox, breakout year. This proves that Box is a genius. Don't you get me wrong. 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 Mason Cox, break out here. Break out here.